I kind of had a choice at that point, not just being patient with the process, but being grateful with the process. And I'm like, mm, man, I went to my dad straight after the game. I'm like, yo, like this shit can't happen anymore, man. I always find the, always try to take the good out of any negative situation. You know, I have players coming in, Xavier, and they'd be like, um, you know, I played so bad. You know, sometimes I'd, I'd be like, hey, bro, hey, I don't know, we, we can't do nothing about that. I can tell you what we can do, we can get some work in right now. Like, if you're not doing plyometrics, you're losing out on a lot of potential for performance. Um, my dad had these tapes of the Laker games. Got to a point where I, I said, you know, I want to play basketball. And I just always wanted to make sure I had the edge over people. It became a part of me, you know, I, I didn't want anybody to get to be better than me. Welcome back to another episode of the Basketball and Barbells podcast. It has been a while, uh, took a little bit of a break, uh, but bringing it back, our first actual official guest, I actually don't think he knows this, uh, going into season three. Today we have Dennis Donhauser. He we actually just practiced this before I got on, but hopefully I didn't butcher his name. <laughs> but he's currently a strength and conditioning coach for FC Bayern Basketball, which is a, a professional basketball club that participates in the EuroLeague and has served in that position uh, for the last several years. He actually uh, has several years of strength and conditioning experience, which we'll dive into. And he even interned at the University of Florida, which is, uh, you know, basically a, a place where my parents loved and grew up. So definitely want to talk to him by this time as a Gator. But Dennis, I want to say thank you for coming on and I appreciate you for joining us. Yo, um, hi to everyone. I appreciate you having me on. It's an honor. And spelled my name perfectly. It's Dennis Tannhäuser <laughs> in, in German, but you said very, very good. Nice. <laughs> right, we literally, yeah, before we started recording, I was like, hey, can you break it down for me? Uh, but Dennis, <laughs> man, I just, I appreciate you. And again, I want to touch a little bit more on your, just your experience. I know, um, again, you've been busy doing your thing. So kind of talk about our journey, uh, kind of starting a little bit more at the, the grassroots level. Uh, I just want to ask, you know, kind of how did you get, your interest in strength and conditioning, sports performance, what is it that kind of got you, you know, that aha moment, like, hey, I want to be a strength and conditioning coach, you know, what that journey kind of looked like? Okay, yeah, no problem. Um, I, it's, it all started, I was, was, was playing basketball myself. I started like, when I was in, in Germany, when you're a boy, you definitely have to start with soccer. So I did that first from age of, I think seven or eight to age of 12. And then compared to other guys having my age, I was tall. Um, I'm one meter and 90 centimeters. So not really tall uh, basketball wise, but mm -hmm. I grew, grew up um, early. So um, I switched to basketball and um had, had not at all i had an idea to to become strength and conditioning coach um but after school i had to decide for for a study studying and mm -hmm. i studied um, in austria country next to germany um in vienna that's the capital and first mm -hmm. i started out um, studying communication science but um left the field quite quickly and switched to sports science because I always has been engaged in sports generally, 
but basketball was my favorite. And mm -hmm. even then I wasn't even attracted to, to weightlifting. I was more like, I was always happy when I had a ball um, mm -hmm. on my feet or in my hands, you know, and I was more like thinking, why do they lift weights? It's not fun at all. Okay. <laughs> then I was going to um, Paris, capital of France, to do um, sports science for two semesters there. Um, but there I didn't study at all, to be honest. I, I was more like living the life and came back very like deconditioned, you know, really mm -hmm. like no muscles at all. I was... Enjoyed yourself. <laughs> yeah, I was in Paris, man. Long nights, <laughs> the days <laughs> slept long didn't have any money to to have good food you know so i came back to vienna and was really like out of shape and the first yeah. thing what happened to me when i got back to basketball was i injured myself badly like mm -hmm. knuckled my ankle and like, like really my my leg turned turned black oh till till the middle of the shin okay so and afterwards Then I was really frustrated and I couldn't see a basketball game, even in TV or something, because I knew something really I fucked up my ankle. You know, it, it's still, yeah. <laughs> still not, not where it was before. But okay. And mm -hmm. the doctor back then, which I visited for, <clears throat> I, I hoped he could help me. He said maybe an operation, but he was sure. I was not able to play any sports anymore without having pain. So frustrated, I, I studied. I finished my studies, bachelor degree in, in Vienna Sports Science. And then I got to know um, strength coach. Mm. Uh, his name in Germany, you, you wouldn't know him, I think, is Wolfgang Unsold. Here he's quite famous. Um, and he introduced me to deep squats which my doctor said I, I would never be able to do. But I did them anyway. And my ankle was better and better and better. And so I got back to be able to play, play sports like volleyball, basketball, soccer, and so on and so on. So that was the point I was hooked, right? Because I saw mm -hmm. what strength training could do for me. I visited a lot of seminars. I, I read everything I could find. And then I stumbled over the strengths coach. You may know his name is Charles Poliquin. Yep. <laughs> Heard about him, right? <laughs> and um, I, I, I really, it was different reading stuff from him. And then I figured out who learned from him and where I could learn the things he was writing in his articles, which fascinating for me. Like he was uh, back then, he was already writing about neurotransmitter assessment, blood work done with his athletes. He broke so many world records, blah, blah, blah. Maybe you, you read those articles too. I was fascinated, continued to visit a lot of seminars. And by that, I got back into the sport of basketball. And um, yeah, so that's, I, then I went to Munich in Germany from Vienna. Mm -hmm. um, I wanted to do further studies in sports science, but then I got the job offer from Bayern. And then I said, okay, that's, that's a chance. Um, 
I got back to basketball, but now from another perspective. So I, I started a career in strength and conditioning in basketball. Yeah, that's pretty much the, the roots of everything. I mm -hmm. never stopped um, trying to learn as much as I could for basketball, strength training, train, train GPP clients as well, right? I, I work mm -hmm. part-time as a personal trainer too. So um, yeah, that's, that's basically the story. Yeah, I think one thing you actually mentioned, it was like, it's, it's pretty funny is I think all well, I know all basketball players, right? Like, they have this, it's like almost like they're allergic to the weight room. Like, same thing with me. I was when I, I played basketball, and I, I never really wanted to lift weights to like for performance, you know, I was just like, I'll do a couple curls and shit, you know, maybe some push ups. And, and that was kind of the gist of my training program. And then um, I had same similar situation, I got hurt. And then that's where I actually got hooked because I saw the power of, you know, just being prepared, preparing the human body and, you know, how the body adapts. Like to me, that's the most fascinating thing of everything is how your body adapts to the stimulus, literally if that's applied to anything, you know, for me, you know, just hearing that from you, it's almost like, oh yeah, even strength coaches, like we had, a, it's interesting. We had a time where we, neither one of us were like, ah, I'm not trying to lift that shit. And then now <laughs> you're with the EuroLeague team and doing your thing um i did want to ask too uh you know you talked a little bit about your internships and you know the big one too like that you kind of i touched on a little bit before we got on was at university of florida um my family they let they're from gainesville they live like literally down the street and they were my parents the whole life have been gator fans you know so while you're at uf you know what was that experience like being in gainesville i know i'm sure the weather was different it's pretty pretty hot as hell um, yeah. Can I talk a little bit about, you know, experience being at Gainesville and maybe uh, some of those uh, lessons you took from being at uh, being at the University of Florida? For sure, man. Um, yeah, um, Preston Green was a strength mm -hmm. coach back then uh, there. And for me, it wasn't <clears throat> the thing that it's in Florida. It was just Preston Green I followed, right? Could, mm -hmm. could be Alaska. I would I would have gone. Yeah. <laughs> so, I'm like I mentioned before, um, a big fan of Polykin's work. So, and yep. Green was one mm -hmm. of his like first students who really had a high position at the Polykin staff. Like he was mm -hmm. his first assistant or something. I don't remember really, but he he spent a lot of time with him. So. Mm -hmm. um, And I read about um, I read about Preston Green a lot because he was in basketball too. So the the only um, successful strength and conditioning coach educated by Polykin, who was actually in the strength and conditioning position in basketball. So yep. yeah, the 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 way was clear for me. So I visited him for one week. It was January, so it wasn't that hot. It was for 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 German <laughs> uh, point of view. It was very very nice. It was like around 23 degree. I don't say uh, I don't know what's in Fahrenheit or whatever how you measure it. Mm -hmm. But for me, pretty warm, pretty nice, perfect conditions. So and uh, for sure, it's very different in the U.S. in general. I mean, that's the only real basketball weight room I saw so far live. But I know he told me that he invested as he got the position there, $1 million 
in the strength and conditioning room alone. Mm. It's, it's unbelievable. Like this is That's not crazy. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Bayern München is maybe, I would say in Germany, the address. And because we are so close to soccer, there is money in the club, right? Mm -hmm. But one million dollar for the weight room is so far away you couldn't imagine. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's that's definitely not um, that's definitely not piggy bank money. <laughs> and, and but not, even not then, even, not even for soccer, not even for soccer here. So, <laughs> and it it's it's not a big weight room, but like Preston is, it's it's in the details, right? So, like every power rack, for example, is customized. So it's for two meter 10 athletes that for example mm. in a chin-up they can completely hang out so they have a stretch on their shoulders and their lats right so that he customized the racks so that they the racks are higher um for the for the tall guys right details yeah. like yeah. this fascinated me everything in perfect order everything in perfect colors everything the the supplement stacks were like um you have a little closet where all the names of the players are written and there is an individualized supplement stack pre and post workout for every player oh next wow this, yeah next to this they are doing blood work every month to rotate nutrition so that no player eats one um, certain thing too often so that they have a certain rotation you understand That's you know incredible. um of, of of food so they never have stomach issues um they they do the blood work to to know which form of magnesium would be best to enhance sleep for example or for what player what supplement will drive that tr weight training performance best and this is just this is even for the for the for the united states it's outstanding right oh I'm that a hundred percent the fact that they're doing one at the university they're actually you know dedicating time and resources to blood work and two like you said even the little things the details supplement snacks for each individualized athlete on the team and then yeah. things like that like that's i mean i've i've been blessed enough to be in our intern with d1 school and then even then I was blessed enough to, to see professional facilities. And even as some of these, these institutions and organizations, like I can see where the money has gone. I actually never had the opportunity to visit UF and their weight room, but it's just like you said, like that's by US standards, that's amazing. But I think just in general at the collegiate level, you know, I would think schools like maybe I know Ohio State has one of the best weight rooms. I believe it's Ohio State. And obviously, like, they're winning because of football and things like that, and obviously the basketball. But, no, that's that's incredible. So, like, when you got there, what was your, I guess, you know, when you first saw these things being done in Preston, obviously it's, I mean, he's got almost, I think, 30 years of experience. Um, for those who are listening who don't know who he is, please look him up. But for you coming in and spending, I think it was just a week, you know, what what was that kind of reaction like like oh shit like are we behind, like what's going on is this normal <laughs> like what was your kind of reaction to that 
Uh, the thing, um, I mean, I was amazed by things like that, like the, the supplements and um, like the details he's paying attention to. Like what I wanted to mention too is there's a fridge next to the supplements and there are always like frozen berries, which he mixes into his shakes and he rotates the shakes so that you have beef protein, then you have whey protein, then you have rice protein. You never have the same protein powder uh, two trainings after another you know what i mean so so that's fascinated me or for example what was what stood out to me that they have an airplane that they fly to every game by an airplane and the last night before they play be it um somewhere else or be it in florida they all go go to a five-star hilton so they sleep in the same hotel so they have the he can control the dinner and the breakfast pre-game. These details, <laughs> was really, this was really incredible for me. So you, you have to imagine how, how much money they put into those details, right? Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. But the, the internship itself, I was pre-educated, like because I, I visited before some, some of the, the other um, um, students of Polykin. So, so mm-hmm. we... we dove deep into into things like neurotransmitters he always gave me um, one training i had to lead with his athletes so i could i could program um, the training blah blah and he he looked it up um, so and afterwards we would train together he would write the program for it afterwards we he would lecture something for me and then we had a second training so this was um, like every day seven days in a row so I, yeah, I mean, Preston is a great guy who really has fun sharing his knowledge. And um, yeah, I was amazed by him and by everything around it. Yep. That's, that's one hell of an internship. I'll, I'll tell you that. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I, I saw that. Um, I wasn't sure how long you were there, but I just, I knew Preston was there. I know he's at Miami now, I believe. Yep. Um, yep. So I was thinking, I was like, one, I obviously want to hear that experience, but two, just, yeah, like being exposed to that. And like you said, I mean, that's, it was seven days, but it was an intensive seven days. Um, but like you said, the devil's in the details. And then kind of making your way back into, like you you touched on a little bit earlier, when you got the, you got the, the opportunity to work at Bayern, you know, when you transition in your professional career at this point, like you, you, you've got the, the internships under your belt, you you know, been doing your thing and learning, you know, when you first got into your professional career, I always had, like to ask this, but if there is one, you know, what was that difference like going from, I guess, the American side of strength and conditioning back over to kind of more of the, the European side of strength and conditioning? Like, was there a difference? Were there certain um, nuances that maybe you, you kind of overlooked? Like, what that kind of looked like as you got into your career? Now, that's a big difference. I mean, right now, Due to, due to the internet, maybe, the strength and conditioning in Germany and Europe is changing and it's changing fast, I would say. Mm-hmm. But in general, in, in Germany and in Europe, but especially in Germany, we don't have a weightlifting culture. So mm. I would say five years ago, they st- still said like for example for or let's say let's put me like this um training 
with additional weight is doing more harm than good. So you wouldn't find so many weight rooms in Germany in general where you where you would have dumbbells or or bubbles or or serious weight or doing chin-ups the right way. It it was more like just body weight, just planks, just core, you know, this old school, just push-ups, stuff like this. So um and this culture is still still there in a way in my position i'm very lucky because they they trust me and i can i mean i i work a lot with young players and the the difference between um an athlete who's already at euroleague level or nba level or wherever Mm. is a young athlete today is very hungry and i think it's due to internet um, as well knows that parts of their performance is built in the weight room Mm. so right now it's breaking up here but still i would say strength training is in 80 or 70 or 80 percent in germany is 20 years back from the US right because we don't have the culture here so for for a lot of players when I say okay you have to squat your body weight or even 1.5 times your body weight it's like Mm -hmm. no no bad for the knees that's that's insane and and you get um obviously like as much as you can share initially when you're kind of pushing you know hey look we need to overload in order to adapt you know what was that it was a lot of pushback from athletes, but also coaching staff, um, kind of just saying, like you said, hey, nah, that's that's not how we do things. You know, how are you kind of able to to gain that trust in order for them to come to understand, like, okay, we, we kind of need this. We need to push. We need to push a little bit more weight. Yeah, with like I said, with the young athletes, it's much easier because they are looking up what are all these NBA athletes doing, right? They yeah. they look overseas they they look in the states but but the older guys especially from germany are still very like protective in a wrong way about their bodies like don't overload me right it's oh, to this day okay it, to, to this day it's i mean it's it, the the new generation is is switching right it's 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 a new generation who's a lot um looking to what what the what the nba athletes are doing and even there i think it's still developing there are you better informed than me but um for the first team here for the pros is is different because um they have a schedule like nba that's what preston um, told me too he said he would never go nba because it's more physiotherapy Oh yeah, <laughs> weightlifting, you know. And I train more those athletes like they have the same age like his college athletes. They they still burning for something. They they have to reach some something. They they want to have a career, right? Mm-hmm. And they have a lot of energy. And they have one or two week uh, games a week, which is very different to Euroleague teams where you have guys which are partly over thirty years old 
earned everything they could earn in their career, right? Last, last years, trying to get one more title or something. They are not so um, motivated to, to really to really move the, yeah to push themselves weights <laughs> or something they they just want want to have physiotherapy which partly makes sense right because if you have three games and you have to play over 20 minutes and you are 33 years old where where to find the energy to to lift weights mm -hmm. right it just doesn't make sense so for for them um weightlifting sessions are more like go into into ranges where your joints benefit from but you don't take so much external load mm. that's that's still the case and for the young athletes which are the farm team which i train more um they i mean we we just assessed them uh, pre-season i had a guy um pressing 150 kilo on the bench i don't know what what, what this is in pounds but it's around 300 i guess Mm -hmm. yeah we have so very <laughs> yeah, yeah we have very strong guys meanwhile which are in the program for three to four years so i just did what i what i learned with preston and wolfgang and poliquin and so on i just did that with them because i got the trust from the club right mm -hmm. and, um, they are progressing and they are so strong compared to the first team it's it's amazing to see right. but Yeah, it's 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 a big difference in our club between the young athletes who still go to school, have one game a week, and the pro athletes who have to do Bundesliga, which is our first league. They have to do um, the cup, right? And they have to do um, Euroleague, which are three tournaments at the same time. And they are national teams. And they they have to travel all the time. So so it's very different life. Yeah. 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 And then yeah. and then even, um, you know, you kind of touched on it, too, like some of these uh, old like older players, like they have their routine. Right. Like they're like, look, I, I know what works for me. Yes. I know what my body needs. Like they're not they're not going to sit there and say, okay, like, you know, it's, it's a little bit harder to get that, that buy in from them. Um, exactly. You, you hit the nail on the head. It's it's like I talked to some uh, some 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 pro player. And I, I measured him and he was at 12% body fat. And I said, mm, I would go under 10, mm -hmm. playing your minutes, having your body. And he said, no, um, pre-draft, he, he was at the, at the NBA draft. And um, he said where he felt bad, best, he was at 12%. So just as you said, they, they like sticking to, to what worked before. Uh, which is which is quite understandable, but they are not so motivated like to 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 get new routines to to change anything in their careers if they have been successful already. That's it. Yeah, yeah. And even when it comes to um, like you're kind of talking about um, like it's the same thing in basketball too. Um, over here, it's just like you have vets, and you know I've heard stories about the NBA. I've never worked in the NBA, but I've heard stories and. You know, just some guys, like you said, some guys actually just don't want to touch a weight. And if you have a high, like a, a superstar level player, um, depending on where you are, like I think San Antonio Spurs have a culture, like you're going to, in the Miami Heat, like you're going to lift with the team. 
um, but certain organizations where they're like, yeah, star player, what you say goes. If they don't like a strength coach or they don't want to do this routine, blah, say blah, then it's like you said, it, it's going to be a hard sell. Um, so it's good. Like you're able, you have the opportunity to work with um, some of the younger players who are still hungry. And like you said, they see social media, they see what these other pros are doing and they kind of, I don't know what the word is, but they have this, they're looking through a lens of, okay, this is what it takes to be a professional athlete. So this is what I need to do versus it's kind of like you said, like 20 years back where it's like, oh, we'll just do some pushups, some calisthenics and we're good. Uh, and we'll compete at the highest level, which is, you know, backwards. So um, I think you, just like you touched on, just having the opportunity to, to work with the, the younger generation who now have that hunger, um, you know, it's a, now you can create that culture, you know, as you go forward, once you kind of work with the younger ones in the club. Yep. I hope so. <laughs> Got you. When it comes to, um, and obviously like, I know you've had uh, international players and things like that. And by all means, you can speak in, in general, you know, generalities, but when you get, new players that come in the organization talking about culture and they're from the u.s or you have players that are coming from all over the the uh all over europe uh, maybe canada things like that you know how are you kind of able to bring them in and and like basically bring them in with the club and have them kind of blend in with the culture and is there like culture shock that some of these international players kind of experience when they join the team to be honest, I don't think so because, um, you know, in, in my eyes, most important for them is to have teammates who understand them, right? Just because they are new in the city, sometimes they bring their families. Mm-hmm. So um, most important for them is to find someone who shows them around takes them for a drink at the evening or something to to make them feel welcome in the new city. But at the end of the day, they are all very focused on the goal, right? They are coming here for sure to earn money, but Mm -hmm. still they are basketball players and want to win, right? And that, that unites the players and makes them just listening to the European head coaches, which are, I think they, they are a little different than the U S coaches. I'm not really, you know, the U S coaches better, but in my eyes, sometimes the, the European head coaches are a little bit more detailed or interrupt the practice more often have more plays in their playbooks but i'm not sure about that but but sometimes I, I, it's 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 just my impression right so but i think the the even the international players just want to win and so they they dedicate everything to to winning towards winning mm-hmm. i got you yeah no that's that's always a question i've always um you know obviously like we're both you know working in just in team sports in general like and you know, you're at a position where you're having different people. It's, it's something over America as well, but you have different people from different parts. And it's, you know, you hear the word of strength coach all the time, culture, culture, culture. Um, so I was always kind of curious about that. But like you said, everyone at the, especially at that you know, pro level, they're coming in and they all have the common, common goal. Like we're trying to win a championship. 
you know, we're trying to compete at the highest level and they're not coming there. You know, obviously like you have things like, you know, obviously when money is involved, contracts, things like that. But for the most part, you know, everyone's kind of coming in saying, hey, look, this is what we're all trying to achieve. And I think that's kind of where you can start, you know, building that, that culture and building that camaraderie uh, because it can be hard. I think for me working in the working, having working collegiate, you know, everyone's kind of coming in. Some are just kind of going through the motions and things like that. So, you know, building that culture was kind of a challenge, at least at that level. But I was always curious about the pro level, but especially pro international since, you know, Americans will, will kind of come over and not sure, you know, what that would look like in terms of kind of just being ingrained with the community and culture. Yeah, I mean, it's pretty much the same <clears throat> day yeah. for them like it would be in the States, right? It's, it's getting up, having breakfast, having physiotherapy, having a shoot around, going, going to have lunch, quick break, PlayStation, then practice, then <laughs> maybe meet some, some friends, but then go to bed early, right? Because next day is practice or game. So in season, I think every, everything is so focused and dedicated to the goal and yeah, makes it hard to, to, to even have cultural problems, you know, because it's, it's yeah. <laughs> I think very similar to, to an, maybe not to NBA, but, but to the rest of the world. Yeah. I, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. No, for sure. And yeah, when it comes to actually, uh, and talking about international play, like, you know, once you are competing, you know, in, in the Euro league and things like that. Um, and then, considering you know road games and even talking about you know you kind of have with just like uh in europe like we're like hey no we're not necessarily gonna load ourselves too heavy um with all these things in consideration of what is what is it like uh competing internationally training internationally and then having to go on the road you know what are those conditions looking like so you know, what has that experience been like for you when you guys do begin to kind of compete in the euro league and you're having to think about all these these variables and how are you kind of able to kind of you know control your space so to speak i you know um since since there is always like a head athletic trainer who drives with them um to the games and to the hotels and do all this stuff this was nothing mm -hmm. for me because i always stay in munich work with the the farm team work sometimes with the injured players um i i'm not that that close to to all the the circus like like flying and everything mm. because I have, I have family i stay at home i stay at home they have like the main guy who's now changing again who's organizing everything and who's flying with the team and who writes programs who's uh, who's talking to the physios and so on and so on and he goes goes um, all the way with the team he's he's 24 7 you could say with the team that's that's not my job right mm -hmm. i work with the players when they're in munich partly and support him take some mm -hmm. injured players but that's that's not the the area i touch got you got you and kind of talking to finish up just kind of like the um the experiences right like the strength and conditioning um whenever you have had i don't know if you experienced it whenever you have had maybe a uh american coach that wanted to come, come overseas i've had a few opportunities uh luckily um i just you know just haven't taken them but just to kind of go overseas not necessarily in, in europe i forget exactly where but um you know just had opportunities to kind of go from the states to go overseas and 
to be a strength coach. Um, for anyone that is listening that does aspire to potentially go overseas and work as a strength and conditioning coach, um, obviously there's going to be some logistical stuff on the back end that you know we don't necessarily have to touch on here. But in terms of just possibly maybe like the roadmap, uh, maybe you've seen it before, maybe you've, you've heard about, um, what would that look like for an American to try to potentially come on board on, on your staff? You know, like what would that what would that process look like? Like, or even just anyone in general who's looking to kind of go overseas as an American um, as a strength and conditioning coach? I think that would be, would be difficult because mm. um, I mean, to connect here, you need that, that network maybe, you need to know someone because here it's like as a strength and conditioning coach, is less being on a free market you know it's more like knowing a head coach who knows mm. that you that you are reliable and that you that you show up that you have maybe sports scientific background or something but th that's not even so important i think it's very connected to to to, to the head coaches to know someone who recommends you or who knows that that you are doing good work right so just to come come here and find a spot in the strength and conditioning field i think it's not so easy because it's so small in here right so mm -hmm. and most of the strength and conditioning uh, coaches in germany in the first league are um are german so far mm -hmm. i know if if i'm answering your question correctly i don't know if, if that was yeah. what you yeah 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 absolutely i think um yeah. and i got and i got lucky right because like, i actually knew some head coaches who were like hey look i need a strength coach and one way or another i got in contact so that's how i was able to do it um but you, yeah you like i strength coach here in in europe or what did i understand it right oh no 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 i i <laughs> i knew some people that were head coaches over um just overseas like in europe and different places And they were interested in me, but that was just through connecting with them. Like I knew them beforehand. Um, yeah. So like my, I always tell people my journey, whenever they ask, if they do ask for advice, I would tell people my journey is a little bit more different than um, the typical journey. I don't even know what the typical one looks like, but I just tell them, hey, look, I was able to make connections. Um, and then obviously you, you go on to I think complimentary training and, and things like that and see positions available. But, you know, I've, I've had a couple, couple people ask me, hey, like, how are you able to find opportunities overseas and actually, you know, lock it down? And I'm kind of just speaking to what you just said is making those connections and knowing the right people versus, yeah. you know, like you said, the user experience are, are good, but end of the day, if they don't really know you, it's, it's a lot harder for them to kind of be searching for you. Yep. Yeah. Or if, if you have worked with, with players who made it, who made it to the NBA or something, mm -hmm. Right, we had one, Dragan Gacevic, who was a main athletic coach for a while, and he was he was working with um, three or four NBA guys, but just in the summer, right? So, um, but but everybody, um, I was introduced to him, and and everybody I spoke before to said to me, yeah, he worked with NBA guys. He he's very very good. So in Europe. If you worked with like NBA players, um, 
people are impressed already you know if, if you had some big names for sure that helps right gives it gives you credibility yeah, yeah exactly that credibility like oh still, NBA. <laughs> exactly still still you need to be a guy um who at the end when you're meeting the, the the people who are responsible for for the club you need to be a guy who can like uh, look them in their eyes right <laughs> um mm. stuff like this uh, it helps if you have a high degree like if you have a phd that really helps even if it doesn't say really something about your strengths and conditioning knowledge it says something about how you behave how how, how willing you are to work and and so on right or a combination of all those factors uh, definitely helps yeah, yeah yeah absolutely um last question uh before we wrap up as i as i peppered you with a lot of a lot of my questions um but the biggest thing that i, I kind of wanted the listeners to, to hear from you was throughout the journey throughout everything that you had accomplished and trials and tribulations you know if you could go back let's say six years when you first got into your your current role um what advice would you give yourself and why would you give that advice mm -hmm. very good question yeah, take hey, take all the time you need because yeah. I'm putting you on the spot. <laughs> but I'm always uh, I'm always curious because you know being uh being able to be insightful and kind of introspective yeah. and say okay you know what do I wish I would have learned back then. Um, so yeah, I mean any and everything you want to share, I'm open to it. To be honest, at the end, I would say um, in the beginning of like my career. I, I wanted to like adapt the athlete to the training system, but, but you have to adapt the training system to the athlete, right? It's mm -hmm. because when you're young and you, you learn new stuff and you, and you really feel mighty, right? Because you think, okay, now, now I know everything about strength training. And then you have a lot of different individuals with different stories, different lives, different characters, different bodies, and so on and so on. And I would, I would say even today, I'm learning every day something new, but in the trenches, like because I, I'm trying to, to change something in a certain player, but it doesn't work, so I have to adapt the the system to the athlete right because the other way around mm -hmm. it wouldn't work so be be flexible if that makes sense um be able to to adapt every day and find new ways to to make every player better with his individual opportunities right because not everyone because that it's so multifactorial okay there are so many things who who play a role for for a certain player to develop that's just not possible to have one system so it's it's very important to have like let's let's say 10 to 20 tools and 
and don't give up to, to find the one tool what makes this one player better. This would, and take it easy. Because if it, it's just not happening overnight, right? And I mean, everybody who's, who's, who's a bit in, 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 in the field of strength and conditioning knows that it's a marathon, right? You, have to, you have to follow certain routines and programs and, and ideas for, for years, not, not for weeks or months. So, so take it easy. The next day will bring something else, right? So yeah, stay relaxed and try to adapt the training system to the athlete, not the athlete to the training system. Yeah, yeah absolutely, Dennis. And honestly, that was such a perfect way to end that. I'm, I'm going to leave it at that. Uh, Dennis, I appreciate you for one, taking the time out to, you know, just chop it up with me, talk about your philosophy, your experience. I definitely, definitely used to got to stay connected after this podcast because I definitely want to talk a little bit more about, um, you know, just in general, uh, a little bit more Poliquin uh, methods, uh, learn a little bit more from you. But before we do hop off the, the actual recording, I want people to be able to find you because you have your own podcast and I want to make sure people tap into that as well. So if you want to share your social media, you know, everything, podcast, where can people find you? And what is the name and how can they find your podcast? Okay. Yeah, first of all, um, thank you very much for having me, right? Um, it was an honor and I had fun. Um, and people, people can find me um, on Instagram for sure. That's my name. I don't know if you will have, will have uh, some, some, um, some notes. Under your oh, podcast. yeah, I'll link it for sure. It's Dennis then underscore, and then Tannhäuser. Um, there on Instagram, hit me up, write me a message. I'm always um, happy to, to find people in strength and conditioning and basketball. I'm believing in a big network. Um, otherwise, just you, you find my contact on the FC Bayern München basketball um, website in Germany. There's an email um, where you also could, could write me if, if, you, if you have any questions or want to just get in touch yeah and that's basically this and thank you very much for having me yeah yeah absolutely um and i'll make sure i link everything ig uh the podcast make sure people can get more value from you um at any time again we want you want to just talk chop it up learn a little bit more from you i'm more than happy to jump on but dennis i appreciate you for jumping on today and we'll definitely talk soon sounds good man Thank you very much and have a great day. Thank you for listening to the Basketball and Barbells podcast. I really hope you all got major value from today's episode. Please leave a rating and review of the show and don't forget to tune into the next episode.